0: A meeting of the masters of mastication. Turn your attention as they delve deep into all things lifting and more. This is
1: Peak Speed.
0: Manscaped product alert. Wee oh wee oh. Wow. <laughs> Lads, you asked for it and they listened. Our friends at Manscaped are bringing the ultra smooth package to Australia. It's time to stop, drop, and order this premium shaving kit. Everyone knows by now that the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best electric shave for your balls. But if you're looking for a closer shave to go bare down there, then the Ultra Smooth package is the perfect set. It's time to save that bush of yours and get right to the roots with a discount just for you. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code PIGSPEAK.
1: All of these uh, vegan cruelty-free and sulfate-free products are included, so you know your manhood is in good hands without compromise. That's the Crop Exfoliator, the Crop Gel, uh, and the Crop Shaver.
0: Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Peakspeak at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Peakspeak at manscaped.com. Smooth out your fellas with the now available ultra smooth package from the fellas at Manscaped.
1: Your balls will thank you. See, if I was adequately caffeinated, I would have read the blurb above what I read and realized that it was referring to something else rather than just going straight off the dot point. No, I liked
0: liked the way you went. I thought it was, it added a certain uh, element of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for?
1: Uh, It was improvised.
0: Improvised. Improvisation. That was the word I was looking for.
1: It was improvised, but it would have been much smoother had I just downed a nice warm cup of prison coffee
0: indeed i just opened their website to tell you about <coughs> the new options i've uh, been sampling the is it wilder Lazo, yeah we're we'll going with that uh which is a colombian caramel cherry orange delicious both black and with milk Amazing. i've been in, enjoying it quite a lot the code there's also Peek speak and you'll save some dollars on some delicious coffee
1: yes indeedy how are you my friend
0: yeah, good. Life is good. I have no significant complaints, um, but you know, a series of minor ones, which I wouldn't be a person who owns their own business and works for themselves if I didn't constantly have a series of minor complaints. Hmm. Uh, but we've got our first APL comment comp coming up in like four weeks, maybe, hmm. uh, which is cool. I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, how are you, my friend? How's life in the gym empire business?
1: Good, I would have liked to be at that one, but um the breakthrough competitions on that weekend and I've got Dylan and Joseph and all the monsters competing that weekend. Yeah, that'll uh, be a big one. Uh if you're listening to this and you're in Ireland or Wales, I would have loved to you for you to have been at my workshops, but if you're listening to this it's Monday and they happened on the weekend just gone. So Ba-ba-bou- if you were there, it was great to have you. If you're in Scotland and you're listening to this, or you have friends in Scotland, there's still time to jump in my Scotland workshop. So tomorrow I head to uh, the UK and Ireland to spend a couple of weeks there doing workshops. I'm really heading over for the Irish Pro, uh, the invitational comp over there. I've got Dale Longford competing, um, but I'm spending a couple of weeks doing some workshops and traveling around and uh, it should be a good time.
0: Yeah, man, that sounds like it'll be sweet. Is this your first international workshops?
1: No no, i have done I have done workshops overseas before. Um, this would be the second time I've ever done it. Uh, and, it was the I'm going for the comp. The workshops were were really an afterthought to kind of be like, well, because uh, i don't I don't get my lifters to to pay for my travel Neither. or anything like that. So they were like, well, while I'm over there, I'll try and try and pay for the comp. and so it's just a little bit of income and help the lifting community out there. They're, they're pretty heavily discounted workshops, so uh, there's a lot of value in there for. Quite a small price to just help cover my my travel expenses, really. And Jesus Christ, I don't know how anyone lives in the UK and Ireland at the moment. It is expensive over there. Yeah, the uh, exchange rate will get you. Yeah, but not just the exchange rate. Like, just in general, everything up there. I don't know, inflation, man. It's out, it's out of control. Things are just... Because uh, I haven't been to the UK before, but I've been to Ireland. And everything was about a quarter of the price when I went before COVID.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. The um, Well, I went to Europe with a couple of mates as like our uh, post-school, you know, uh, gap year trip. And one of the funniest things in the world was sitting on the plane like on our way to Heathrow, having this discussion with a friend of mine about how, like, that was on this trip with us, about how he, like, hadn't brought a toothbrush and a bunch of, like, other just, like, normal necessities that you would think to pack for traveling. He's like, yeah, it's fine. Like, I'll just buy stuff when I'm there. I'm like, dude, it's going to be way more expensive. The exchange rate's like, you know, a dollar is like 33 pence or something like that. He's like, yeah, but it just means everything's cheaper. I'm like, no, no, it's just the same price, but in pounds. <laughs> like, a three dollar thing in Australia,
1: it just costs three pounds. And he's like, oh fuck,
0: <laughs> like
1: you're an idiot. Ouch. Yeah, no, that sucks. Um, the sucks. only the the standout moment of my trip to Ireland last time was getting pulled over for running a red light. Uh, I believe I ran an orange light, and so I was I was quite stunned. I thought the cop was trying to go around me or something. So the cop tailed me for like. I don't know, two Ks, because it was a narrow country road and there was no shoulder. And I found some shops and pulled over and he pulled next to me. And then I couldn't understand a word he was saying. (laughs) You know where I pulled you over, sir? I'm I'm sorry, what? And he's like, you know where I pulled you over? Like, I actually don't know why you pulled me over. I'm thinking it's something to do with the lights, but I don't feel like I ran the red light. He's like, you ran the red light, sir. I'm like, I'm sorry? And he's like, can I have your license? So I gave him my license. And he saw I was from Australia. He's like, when do you go home? I'm like, what? He's like, when do you go home? Like, I can't go home tomorrow. And he obviously like did some quick math in his head about the headache of doing paperwork for someone who's leaving the country the next day. Uh, and then he handed me my license back and said, have a nice day and watch out for the red lights. <laughs> that's, that's my story. Amazing. 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 Yeah. That's All right. Well, you posted something on interest on uh, on Instagram the other day that I found interesting. Um, and I've I've heard this going around the chops a little bit more now, you know, stretching, um, quote unquote, mobility is something that sort of goes in and out of fashion. Um, and there's there's people talking about stretching. It, it's just a pendulum thing, right? You know, ages ago, stretching was everything. Then it was like uh, absolute poison. Don't do it. And now it's sort of coming back as a little bit cool. And I, I guess I just wanted to unpack this whole topic of what stretching is, what, what it does, where it potentially has its time and place. Uh, so can you give the listeners... If they don't follow you on Instagram, which they should, a quick rundown of, of what you were getting at in your Instagram reel, which I believe yeah. was a snippet of a longer video. Yeah, yeah. So I've,
0: I've the last few weeks been recording these sort of 10 to 15 minute videos answering like a question and they're mostly for the Burley community. And then I kind of chop bits out of it and make these reels. And um. Yeah, that one was uh, like a, a sort of 90 second snippet out of what ended up being 10 or 12 minutes worth of stuff talking about stretching and like the mechanisms behind stretching and the things that are at play when we're doing, you know, stretching. And in this instance, it's I think it's worth defining stretching as like static stretching because that's sort of the discussion I was having because we could go into a tangents about how you describe stretching and really just like training is stretching and it's just with load and all these other things. But for the most part, when people talk about stretching in the fitness industry, that's what they're referring to. Yes. And I think certainly in the era that we came of age in and with the advent of people like Kelly Surrett, there was just this move to like, just like do more mobility and improve your range of motion for the sake of improving your range of motion. Like there was this whole movement towards being more mobile being a good thing and and if anything, being the often the deciding factor in like whether you get hurt or improving your performance and things like that. And like, you know, I went through that phase as well. I prayed at the supple leopard altar for a while and I still think the guy's a fuck cool dude who's done some amazing shit in the industry. Um, Hell yeah. But I just also fucking hate stretching. <laughs> I just, I find it really monotonously boring and I find it really hard to be engaged in the process uh, in the traditional sense. And so I had someone recently like uh, talking about running and that's sort of what inspired this this video. And they were talking about um, like, oh, do you do much like stretching and recovery stuff? And I was like, no, I don't do any stretching. And I'm like, oh, really? I was like, yeah, you don't need to stretch. And I just, I said that offhandedly kind of assuming that was like more common knowledge than perhaps it is. And this particular person was like a bit affronted by like, oh, I've been feeling guilty about not stretching for ages. It's like, no, you don't have to, like if you enjoy it, cool, but otherwise it's probably not worth it. And that's essentially what we ended up saying in this video was that basically when you, when you're looking at stretching like that, you're really only looking at a very low level, uh, stimulus to what is a very dynamic, complex and adaptive system that is the human body. And so... With a relatively low-level stimulus like that, you're only ever really going to get relatively low-level temporary changes in the resting state of any given muscle, right? Because Mm -hmm. every muscle you have has a resting state of tension that exists somewhere on the continuum from completely relaxed to max contraction, and the level at which each individual muscle sits at is essentially a response to the environment in which you exist. Um, so we have a, a neural tone or a base level of tension in all of our muscles that are a response to, predominantly to gravity and ensuring you don't just fall into a pile of mush. But then that's also influences, influenced by things like your daily activity levels, your stress levels, your training history, your current training level, the amount of training you're doing, sleep, nutrition, all of these things that go into the dynamic, complex, and adaptable system that is the human. Uh, And so essentially what we ended up talking about, or I ended up talking about, was that stretching is this relatively temporary change that might feel nice in many ways, but in almost every use that people would traditionally uh, prescribe some form of stretching for, there are probably better options. Um, because it's just not as useful as maybe it was made out to be. But at the same time, if you like stretching, then just fuck do some stretching because it feels <laughs> nice, and that's fine too. And I think having that middle ground is important because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I didn't I didn't want to come off as that person who's like fucking attacking stretching because there's a bit of that as well. And I'd I'd just rather have a discussion somewhere in the middle about like maybe it's not the best, maybe it isn't, maybe it is, but you know if it feels nice, cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's I think that's really important to recognize because there have been a lot of very outspoken people on stretching is a complete waste of time rolling is a complete waste of time you know that sort of stuff is a complete waste of time and if you believe that without any context you're just trusting what people say you might be missing out on on some things that you uh, could benefit you or you may need to do or you might find some some joy in doing it and, and improve your entire training experience i think what stretching ultimately comes down to is, is like you sort of captured in your video is understanding what stretching is and what it does um, and understanding that for the purpose of answering the question of why are you stretching? Yes. why, Why are you stretching in the first place? And so if the answer is because XYZ muscle feels tight, the next question you have to be able to answer to define whether or not you should be stretching or if stretching is beneficial is why is that muscle tight? And if we can understand that a little bit more in depth, um, then it sort of it sort of helps us find the time and place of of stretches because uh, I, I always um, tend to jump in the defence of stretching in in the case of people saying stretching is a waste of time or the answer to a tight muscle is movement uh, because I I get the feeling sometimes that the people that are saying this are talking from the from the anecdotal experience perspective of never having to work with someone who can't physically get into the sort of positions that they need to do the movements that you're saying are going to fix the tight muscles. Uh, so it's, it's all well and good to say, oh, you can't access this position, just do this exercise or just move through it or just elevate this or change the angle of that. That's all well and good until you work with someone who's so big or out of shape or broken or, or juiced to the gills that can't actually physically move in the in the way that you expect them to move. Because if your sample size comes from the general populace, the general populace moves pretty good. (laughs) If I then give you Andrew Cooper and tell you to test the degrees of rotation through his shoulders, you're going to be like shocked, very shocked. And to me, it's not shocking because I've seen plenty of people with this complete lack of movement. And so we just need to understand what we're working with and and then uh, what the. Um, solutions actually involve so we can get some movement forward because what's going to win in a battle between you know a 300 kilo bench and a, and a pec stretch in terms of influencing <laughs> yeah. what muscles do at a resting state Well, the 300 kilo bench is probably going to win that fight and so that doesn't mean that a pec stretch is useless but it's about understanding where does it sit in our continuum of making change to this individual and so again the first question we need to a- answer in this is is where does the tight muscle come from and you know m- most of what we talk about here with with tightness or stretching is going to be grossly oversimplified when it comes to yeah. you know human physiology but Uh, The the way I like to describe this in very layman terms to people is is the response to trauma and to sort of make the analogy of a, a, a back injury. You know, when you hurt your back, you know, you pop something doing a deadlift. What happens? You get a big inflammatory response. You get a lot of pain to the area. You also get back spasms. Your back tightens up. So your body pretty much goes, oh, shit, we've done something here that's not supposed to happen. Here's a bunch of neural tone to say restrict that area so it can't move. So the muscles tighten up. And the rehab process involves moving so that those muscles are, okay, are like, oh, okay, we're actually allowed to move. This is okay. There's not trauma here anymore. Your, your body goes into hyper learning when there's trauma. And so when we think of just lifting weights in general, movement using a muscle does not make the muscle tight. If movement made a muscle tight, we'd have to stretch our face muscles and eye muscles every day because we blink and chew and talk all day, right? So it's just not just movement. Rather, it's trauma. It's movement that shouldn't necessarily be happening or um, work in the area that is, uh, you know, the area has been overloaded. So the, the body's like, Whoa, we shouldn't be doing this. Here's a bunch of neural tone to restrict that area. Here's a bunch of neural tone to restrict your shoulder rotation stuff because you've stuck a bar in a low bar position. That's way too heavy without the control required. Then you tighten up and then you're like, okay, well, the muscles tight. Now, how do I fix it? I stretch. That's where John's description comes into play, where it's like stretching creates a temporary change. It's a temporary improvement in range. Stretching is basically saying to your body, hey, it's okay to be back here. It's okay to move through this range. Then we're dumb fucking lifters. So we're like, oh, it's okay to move this range. Let's fucking load it up. So we load it up again. Your body goes, what the fuck is happening? Better tighten this back up. And you just get stuck in this cycle. And every lifter listening to this should be semi-familiar with that cycle. Hamstring's tight, need to stretch my hamstring, hamstring feels good, deadlift. Hamstring's tight, need to stretch my hamstring, blah, 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 blah. Like, how do we connect the dots so that that doesn't happen? That's where the movement stuff comes in. Yeah. And so people who aren't super restrictive, <coughs> restricted can cut out the stretching part completely because they can just go through the movement aspect. If you can't get into a position that you need to do the movement through, then you're just going to be stuck in that forever. Not forever, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah,
0: for sure, and that's where I think one of the first points I made in this video was the idea that mobility as a concept is is too broadly discussed when it comes to training. Like we talk about mobility as this overarching idea that we can all strive towards because at one point it was about improving your mobility. The problem is mobility is entirely task dependent, right? Like the mobility you need to be really good at powerlifting is worlds apart from the mobility you need to be good as a gymnast, mm. right? And so in some cases, arbitrarily chasing imp- Increases in range of motion isn't actually useful, right? Like, yes, in the case of someone who is restricted because they're fucking huge and super strong, maybe improving mobility is actually one of the sort of sub-goals of the process, but in most cases, in the average person, arbitrarily improving your mobility doesn't actually increase your performance in any way, mm. right? And, and a lot of people, I think, experience this, because they kind of reverse engineer the process, right? They feel tight and stiff and a bit sore. And so they're like, oh, my mobility needs to improve. Well, like if you're training hard and you feel tight and stiff and sore, that's probably part of the process and maybe not something you need to chase from a mobility standpoint, but something you need to be chasing from a improving your recovery from the training stimulus standpoint. But also, In the other end of the spectrum, maybe you're just like super fucking inactive and you're stiff and tired and sore because you never actually use your body. And so your body's like, well, fuck, I don't need to go to any of these places. So I'm just going to tighten myself up into this nice little energy constricting ball that means I can't move outside of the position I sit at my desk at like in that case movements probably the answer right a little bit of stretching might help you open Mm. things up but then it's move and use your body through these ranges of motion because in the end arbitrarily adding a little bit of range of motion in a temporary way like you do with stretching is ostensibly useless if you then don't teach your body to remain safe and controlled in that position. Because like you said, you can stretch open your pecs a little bit and then do your 300-kilo bench and then just tighten them back up again. Mm. But if what you can do with stretching your pecs out is then give you the ability to train your shoulders through a better range of motion or improve the range of motion you can get your lats through and get a better row in or something like that, well, then you're able to actually take that admittedly, very temporary change in range of motion that is ultimately just a neural signal change and make it a more permanent thing by training those new ranges of motion in a controlled fashion with load in a way that allows you to actually build on that.
1: Yeah, and that's the key. It's like stretching has its time and place if it allows you to get into the positions that you can move through that are then going to promote and and help healthy movement. It, it, it's like... um. One of the first things that people will lose... One of the first signs that people are losing the requisite shoulder range control, whatever you want to call it, um, in something like powerlifting, is they lose overhead range. They really suck yeah. in that overhead position. So in all of my programming, I always include overhead press of some sort. And if you ask me, do you believe this is the key to improving your bench? No. No. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But I believe it's a, extremely important as a preventative measure to, to people losing that range like it might be inexplicable in terms of what specific muscles are getting tight and all this sort of stuff but a it's a good exercise and b losing that overhead range or the prevention of loss of that overhead range seems to promote healthy shoulders in my lifters, so i'm going to keep it in there um yeah it's it's it, what you were saying before as well as like this guy being uh, or this person being shocked uh at you know stretching not being an essential thing actually all of us probably had an experience of you know Primary school getting ready for cross country or sport, and the teachers making us stretch. I always found uh, the reflecting back, I always think that's real weird. I remember stretching for cross country, and all the stretches were upper body like, all the stretches <laughs> were like elbow behind the head, arm across the shoulder, a little bit of twisting, and then we run. I'm like, all we did was stretch our triceps, <laughs> triceps, hey and
0: shoulders. I've, I've learned enough about running to know that triceps are really important. Right? <laughs> and especially loose, uh, floppy triceps from excessive stretching. And look, that was two of the other points I made in this thing was like essentially unpacking like where is stretching traditionally sort of prescribed in a training context? And the biggest one is always the improving mobility thing. There's still a really small group of people that want to push stretching as a like part of your warm-up process. Mm. And I... And yet to find a convincing argument in which that would actually be useful, except for the giant person who's a massive monster who can't get themselves under a bar and needs to genuinely stretch those positions. But that's mm-hmm. like, you know. Point five of the percent of the population. When it comes to the average person, Uh, for everyone else, I think stretching is like you know. Again, if if you like it and it makes you feel good and it's the part of the process that helps you mentally engage in the training that you're about to do,
1: fuck go nuts. I I think that I think the the caution you need to take as as someone who does enjoy stretching, you know, um, is. Uh, the feedback that you get from your stretching in terms of if you are stretching you always go to the point in which you feel the stretch mm. and so with some stretches you'll 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 permanently create this this perception that you're tight in that muscle you're like oh i can really feel that stretch therefore that muscle's tight it's like no you're just taking that joint back to the point where the muscle feels a stretch and so like don't convince yourself that you're permanently too tight because you're stretching all the time because all you're doing is finding the point of where the stretch happens and then saying, I must be tight.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I always think that when I when I have these conversations around stretching, I always think of um, the, the the woman who manages Zero Brisbane with us, Lisa. Oh, she's extremely bendy. Find, find her on Instagram through through the zero page and, and look at her like massive arch on bench. She's she's very, very, very flexible, big fan of yoga, big fan of stretching. She does a lot of stretching. She runs like stretching classes or has in the past. Um, and it always pisses me off when she's like i'm feeling really tight today she's like lying on the floor face down with her foot next to her ear like bent in a <laughs> yeah, scorpion yeah. fashion yeah. and being like oh i'm feeling real tight today I'm like, no you're not okay fuck. Like, yeah. but um, for me uh, the reason i like that as an example is that she's so extremely flexible but she feels tight yeah, because yeah. she's you know she's feeling the perception experience. of yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah
0: um, and, and that's why I think it's important to, we come back to that discussion about mobility being task dependent, because like the feeling of tightness you will get, like I've, we've got a guy who is a like competitive gymna- gymnast, like, you know, uh, in his 30s, I think, and like has been doing gymnastics for a long time, like occasionally you turn around, he's upside down on the rings and like just doing crazy shit like that. Hmm. And even he's like, you know, while putting his palms flat on the floor with completely straight legs, like, oh, man, I'm so tired today. It's like, oh, man, you like, you don't know what tight is. I've, like, struggled to bend over to tie my shoelaces on more occasions than I care to admit. Uh, but, again, it's like that. it's this reference point to what you normally feel like, right, and what is considered your normal range of motion. But then that feeling of tightness or stiffness is often far more related to your... Recovery state, which is the broad term for every fucking thing you do in life and how your body is responding to it, then it is some inherent arbitrary property, right? Like people all exist on a spectrum where some are more floppy than others, mm. for lack of a better term. Um, and you can train some of that out of people. Uh, or you can make things worse, you know. Like I don't think I've ever been a naturally flexible person, but I guarantee you that many years I spent lifting weights competitively did nothing to improve that. <laughs> uh, and like I don't feel like I'm any significantly more flexible now than I was powerlifting, other than the fact that I'm way less fat, uh, which definitely improves your range of motion just by there being less mass for your joints to run into. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'm any like any more flexible from a like table test standpoint. I just don't feel a shit anymore because I'm not bashing my body into the ground into the same repetitive motions like I was with powerlifting. Mm. And it, yeah, it's not because I improve my mobility, it's just because mm. I'm not adding the same stimulus to the system. And so I don't have to
1: respond in the same way. You know what I'm really glad uh, seems to be dead. I don't know if you encounter this at all, but I used to encounter it a lot and I don't anymore. The, the attitude of like, no, I need to be tightness for power. I need to be tight for power. You know, when my pecs are nice and tight, it's almost like wearing a bench shirt. Like, no, it's almost like your pecs are going to rip off. That's I was going to say, says someone
0: who's never torn a pec. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. People people who are like, oh, you, you know, oh, I feel loose, therefore I can't perform kind of thing. Um, that's silly. That's that's really silly. Like that, that fear. And um, I mean, it's not really silly. I I think the attitude of, Purposefully being too tight yeah. for the sake of feeling like it's some sort of magical spring, that's silly. Yes. Um, it's not silly to think, well, if you overstretch to the point where uh, you're now working in ranges that you can't control and then putting heaps of load on, of course you're going to feel weak and terrible. That's a bad idea, um, which is why, you know, the promotion of just blanket stretching or the blanket promotion of just random static stretching before lifting just for funsies maybe isn't always the best idea. Um, you know, just random stretching uh, to force you into new positions under then working weights on these compound lifts, if anything, could could promote injury rather than reduce the risk of it. Uh, because now of all, all of a sudden you're, you're, you're reaching, you're reaching into ranges that you can't control or are not yeah. used to controlling. That's where things become problematic.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that um, then sort of folds nicely into the the last point at which I discussed where like people would traditionally answer stretching as the right answer for a particular problem. And that was just in terms of like recovering from training. Because again, we've all experienced like high school sport where like everyone is mandatorily put through a stretching process at the end of a training session where, you know, some arbitrary idiot leads you through a bunch of stretches that like, Maybe have a difference, but maybe don't. And uh, I think from my point of view, again, like it comes down to whether you like doing it or not. Like if Mm -hmm. you like sitting on the floor stretching for a bit before you leave the gym, fuck, go nuts. Mm -hmm. If you don't, don't. And, you know, maybe there's some value in like doing it later in the day after training, like the sort of before you go to bed or something like that can be really useful. But from a recovery standpoint, the biggest rocks are always going to be managing your training load, your sleep, your nutrition and managing life stress and all of those sort of things far more than they are some arbitrary bout of 15 minutes worth of stretching on the floor before you leave the gym.
1: Mm-hmm. it's the same same thing like people use that attitude towards doms oh, i'm sore therefore i should stretch yeah and, and if you have a good stretch when you've you've got doms you probably feel a little bit nicer and that's probably more to do with a little bit of blood flow than it is with the yep. actual stretching I don't, I don't know the science behind this but my logic would sort of suggest like if my peck is really sore like domsy um that's because of the damage i've done to that muscle which is micro tears. So would wouldn't stretching it promote further tearing like wouldn't wouldn't stretching it potentially make the doms prolong that's my that's my just logic yeah i don't, and know, that's I don't know if there's any truth to that but you know certainly if, if stretching makes you feel good go for it
0: yeah and that's where i think my answer when it comes to like improving doms is always like blood flow more so than just stretching move. right yeah like oh my pecs are really sore from benching heaps yesterday maybe do some like Really easy push-ups and just get a bit of blood flow through your pecs, and mm. that'll probably, in most cases, make it feel better than stretching on that. Because again, that would be my answer as well: is that maybe stretching's not the best option for immediately post-training or to relieve that domsy feeling. I think you're probably better off just promoting blood flow through that area mm. uh, through more dynamic means.
1: Mm. Yeah, so I, I think the big take-home message here is just like. Again, understand why you're stretching. Because if you understand why you're stretching, then you can stretch without any sort of uh, fear of judgment from others. Because, uh, again, I, I, again, I think of someone like Lisa who stretches religiously a little bit before and a lot after all of her sessions because she loves stretching. Yeah. Like it's it's almost meditative, just like people yeah. get a kick out of doing yoga, you know? Yeah. Um, for, for that stretching reason. And, you know, if... if sorry. Some people... Go do yoga, less about the religious or the uh, meditative purposes, but for the stretching purposes, because it feels good. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Um, The opposite of that is like, should I do yoga to improve my performance? Probably not.
0: No, exactly. But I think this discussion is more broad in that it should sort of apply to all aspects of training, right? You should be able to understand at least the basics of what you're doing in training and why you're doing those things before you start going and arbitrarily adding things into your training process because you might just be adding things that at best do nothing Mm -hmm. and at worst, in some cases, make things worse, Mm -hmm. right? Like we said with, you know, heavy stretching right before a heavy squat session probably makes things worse. You know, at best it does nothing, Worst case scenario, you're definitely making life a lot harder than it needs to be and potentially decreasing the actual stimulus that you get from that training session or even the output that you're able to achieve. And so in those cases, that's where I think we run into issues with people Blanket prescribing aspects of the training process to everyone without context, and I think increasingly we all just having nuanced conversations about context um, because that's where it, it sort of matters most. I think it's really easy as a coach who's trying to produce content on the internet to blanket statement on either side of the argument mm. and say stretching is bad or stretching's the Jesus Christ we all need in our lives. Um, <laughs> Either way, I think you're probably wrong. I think the answer is probably almost always going to be in the middle uh, and understanding the context is the most important part.
1: Amazing. Thank you for listening. Give us five stars. See you next time.
0: Bye. Bye.